0: Oh, official. Thank you. Kia ora koutou. Welcome. Lovely to see you here. Um, it is very cool when a conference comes to your hometown as a mum in and parent. It doesn't involve travelling around you can just be there for as much of the time as you can. So it's um, it's fantastic to be here. What an amazing morning that was, hey?
1: Yeah.
0: So I just wanted to give you a little bit of an outline of what we're going to do with this time, and then we'll take um, uh, the opportunity to introduce ourselves, hi, to one another, um, and then we will um, we'll go into some, some more sharing about our own stories as we, as we go into the, the rest of the workshop. So what we're going to do today is uh, give you a bit of an opportunity to reflect on where you're at when it comes to self-care, how you are, if there are any challenges and opportunities that you might want to reflect on today. Uh, we're going to share a little bit of our own stories and practices, welcome, our own stories and practices around self-care, what that looks like for us, um, and hopefully there's some, something inspiring for you along the way in what we share too. We're going to do two.
1: Oh, excuse me, just something from the piano.
0: <laughs> no problem. We're going to lead you in two little reflective exercises and a little note um, just to share is we have got planned in the outline for today some small opportunities to share just with um, someone nearby to you and to um, to make that clear you don't need to share anything more than what you wish to and if you want that to be just a general chat because the person you're sitting next to is a stranger then go for that as well and connect in whatever way you, you want to do. So um, just... I am challenging myself this morning. Uh, it's great to have that opportunity to say hello to one another. Sometimes in these big settings we lose those kind of indi- individual moments to um, greet one another. So thank you for doing that, even if that did make you a little nervous. Um, I'm challenging myself this morning to offer a prayer for our time in Te My very gracious friend voice recorded this to me and I've been walking around all week doing my best. So. Um, uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, to share this prayer for our time. He hōnore, he kororīa, kiti atua, he mongaro no, kiti finoa, he fakaropai, kinga tangata katoa, hanga ite atua, hingako hu, kiroto, kitina kitina ki umato, fa katunga to tapu, he afeina, he tuhu i a mātou, he aku huki ina mahi mō rā. Amen. Amen. In the translation of their honour and glory to God, peace on earth, goodwill to all people, God, develop a new heart inside all of us, instill in us your sacred spirit, help us, guide us, and all the things we need to learn today.
2: Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Handing up to Jane.
1: Kilda, Um... We thought that it would be good to um, begin by placing ourselves where we are right now. So yes, we're in the chapel space of Escapes. We are in Ōtautahi, Christchurch. We are on the uh, 18th of March. I had to calculate that in my head. Um, I'm an Anglican priest, so everything works from Sunday dates. So I know tomorrow's the 19th, so that makes today the 18th. Um, um, in 2023. Um, but we've all come to this workshop because there's something that drew us. Something that drew us to this workshop as opposed to one of the other three. And I'm wondering whether you'll just be with yourself at the moment and think, in case you haven't really thought about it until this moment, why am I here today in this workshop? What is it that draws me about the topic that was advertised and about the little blurb that was there. Just be with whatever is there for you right now. Allow it to kind of be like bubbling to the surface of the pool. Why I'm here today. What things in my life have meant that this appealed or this drew me? What is there that I hope for from this workshop today. Now, I wonder if you turn to someone near you, it could be someone you know, doesn't it have to be someone you don't know, and just share a couple of thoughts. So just like three or four sentences about why you're here today, what it is that you bring with you from your story, how you hope to connect with what this workshop's about. Um, this is my starting place, um, but first of all I'd like to introduce you to some of my friends who I've brought with me. Um, they've been sitting at the back of St Peter's Church for the last week and a bit. Um, one of the things that feeds me um, is the wonderful spiritual um, practice of praying with icons. Um, and I've got a little handout that I can give to you about that, um, and you might like to come and have a read of the stories that are here with these icons. But, but um, just introducing you to um, Perpetua and Felicity, who are saints from the early time of the church who were martyred um, for their faith, and they are clear yeah, icons. And um, Sergius and Bacchus, who were also martyred for their faith and are yeah. clear icons, people through whom the light of Christ shines. And connects us to the divine presence. Um, and right in the middle is another ancient icon. So these are modern icons of ancient people. The one in the middle is an ancient icon. The original actually hangs in the Louvre these days. And it's called Christ and His Friend. And in that picture, Christ is standing with his arm around Abbot Menace. Abbot Menace. He was an Abbot Menace. And, um, and, and it's the Abbot who's doing the blessing, not Jesus. And so the presence of the Christ is enabling this rather tired person to be able to still give blessing to the world. And so it's called Christ and His Friend. And so I've brought those friends with me today as a kind of presence, um, a reminder that we are part of the great um, cloud of witnesses that goes into the past but also into the future, and we stand here in this present place. So, um, here are some more people who are kind of icons for me. Um, I am primarily a person, of my, I find my identity in relationship. I come from a large family. Um, I've got um, pictures of both my grandfather up on the top left, in the, who's looking over his shoulder, who's kind of in the background there, who was a priest, and my father in the hat, who was a priest, and I too. Am a priest, so I come with that kind of whakapapa of Anglican priestly identity, and a whole lot of the things that come of that is living in a vicarage, and it's not just your own biological in your family, but everybody else who comes and goes and comes and goes from that place. So community is really important to me. There's me with my siblings sitting on a bench in Oriental Parade, which we had dedicated for our grandparents and aunt, who's... Um, remains are nowhere, they were just scattered. So um, that's the place we go to remember them. All of us <coughs> um, are in people helping facing ministries. Um, one of my sisters is a priest that works at the moment as the executive officer of Kai, Zero Hunger, uh, an NGO. Um, my sister Robin is a counsellor. My brother Chris is our uh, teachers at EIT in Teradale um, in Um, the area of um, supporting people who support those with mental illness, and my brother Andrew is a funeral director. So we kind of are a bit um, over-active in the helping people professions, Um, and we've all had to learn about how to be held in that. Um, Underneath them, another one of my passions is to sing and for seven years I was the conductor, musical director of first the Homophones in Wellington, which then morphed into the Glamophones, um, Wellington's Queer Choir, and um, that was a camp that we held together, and then underneath the pictures of my grandfather and father there's um, a picture of me with Sister Joyce who's an Australia, a Franciscan sister who lives in London. I was a Franciscan sister for a chunk of my life, and I was visiting her there a few years ago. Um, so that connection, of community is so important to me. Um, so I, I come bringing all of the resources from living in that kind of a context to this day as we speak about what is it that resources us.
2: Kia ora.
1: Kia ora. This is me. Oh, and the place where I'm at present at the moment is at St Peter's. Mm-hmm. That's where that picture at the top is. Um, I'm really glad to be part of that community which is very involved in many ways and being open to all Regardless of belief or no belief, regardless of status in life, everybody is welcome there.
2: And the wonderful host of the Waken Conference. Two three, three, two yeah. Yeah.
0: Two. Yeah. And this is a little about me. So I live here in Autophy Christchurch. But I was originally from the West Coast and our family farm has some really interesting neighbours that you might have heard of called called Gloria Vale. Uh, so grew up next door to Glory Vale, going in and out of that community, and there are a whole lot of stories I can tell you about that. Um, I'm married to John and um, Jonathan, and he is having a real crisis around being a white Christian man called John, <laughs> 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 and that uh, he's uh, he's seeing for himself the advocacy power that he needs to hold. Um, within the life of our family for our children and our church and it's been amazing to um, partner with him, we were married in a Catholic church um, here in Christchurch and uh, one of my self-care practices that I've taken up over recent years is having not been able to run around the block, I've gone to running half marathons, which is uh, one of the places where you can find Jesus it's five o'clock in the morning in the dark out running, so there we go <laughs> it's, um, it, that amazes me <laughs> And we have three little children. Our middle boy there; um, those expressions tell you a lot about my kids. <laughs> and our middle little boy there; um has autism. He is autistic, and uh, there has been a really amazing journey for our family around um, adapting to his needs and the um, and all we have learned in his presence. And I work as a counsellor, so I do a few interesting things with my time. Um, I'm a leading a project for the National Council of Church Leaders around abuse and harm in faith-based institutes. I used to manage the process around receiving the stories of people who were coming forward with sexual abuse complaints for the Catholic Church. And I feel very passionately about the disaster that is church's responses to people who've been harmed through the church. Um, and delighted this year to have a project that is really encouraging and hopeful with the National Council of Church Leaders So the denomination leaders Of some of our main churches in New Zealand um, Around Setting up a separate entity uh, For people who have Been harmed by the church So where churches aren't Responding themselves to the harm Where there is an independent body That navigates the process for people Because so I think we've already learned that churches Do a critical cool job of that in a lot of cases So I feel um, Very passionately about uh, you know, we 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 sometimes develop uh, our own sort of co our own purpose, and I think it's pretty clear uh, as it's emerged over the last decade. Also, for me, that that is um, one of my key co is on how we make right the things that have gone wrong for people within the life of the church. Um, and as Craig mentioned last year, for me, was dominated by this little projects that I had um, of leading the review into Arise Church. So I'm very interested in the state of the church in this land and, and how it serves people and seeks to do no harm in the process, the journey to get to that place. Um, I think so, you know, some of that as well is to say that part of my journey around self-care has been learning how to care for myself while I do really hard things and have really hard conversations and hear really difficult stories. So if that's something that resonates with the spaces you're into, then um, looking forward to sharing some more of that story today. Now we have a reflection for
2: you.
1: Um, thanks for that, Charlotte. That kind of addressing the how we find support as we face into difficult things. Um, we were talking about the fact that often being Christian and queer means in each of your communities of identity, you're on the edge because the queer community doesn't trust Christians and the Christian, some of the Christian community doesn't trust queer people. So um, that whole thing of constantly living in this kind of um, place of, of friction. But then there are all sorts of other things that we end up being because we have the gift of living in that place and the insights that come from it, we then find ourselves being drawn into other kinds of supportive things and trying to help people understand things from different perspectives and being kind of bridge people. Um, And as Steph was talking about this morning, opening up um, the spaces so that people can have more of an imagination and more of a way of understanding the world than they might have done before. And so we need to feed ourselves as we come into that process. And so um, I've got a list of things that I want to to suggest. Put your hand up if you've used any of these um, kind of ways of supporting yourself. Um, Have you ever used a prayer anchor? Yeah, a few people. So that's like, I'm going off to do this thing, and I need to know that I've got at least a couple of people anchoring me in prayer while I'm doing this. They don't need to necessarily um, know all the detail, but um, that I need to know that they're praying for me. Um, who goes for supervision? Yep, so supervision is that place where you can go and talk about um, the stuff that's coming up for you as you are doing the work that you're doing. So you, lots of us who are in paid employment um, Uh, in ministry are required to have supervision. But it's a thing that all of us can benefit from having someone trusted who you can go and debrief things with, who you can be honest with yourself in the presence of in order to get beyond the things that are holding you back. Um, Journaling. Who journals? Yep, so that's another place where you can put stuff out so that it doesn't kind of all get caught up in here and go round and round and round. But also I find as I'm writing, insights that I hadn't been aware of seem to come out the end of the pen. And um, it's a wonderful way. I uh, Don't do it very regularly. I'm not very disciplined. <laughs> I need other people to help me be disciplined. So some of these solitary things I have to work really hard at. Um, counseling, who goes to counseling regularly? I started off going to counselling because there was a particular need and I discovered actually that it's something I need to keep doing regularly as part of my self-care. There may not be anything that I think I need to talk about when I go, but there's always something and having that person who knows me and knows my story and again can help me be honest with myself, but also incredibly supportive of the processes that are going on often at a very deep level is really great. Um being able to refer people to somebody else. Do you, are you in the habit of doing that? Yeah. yeah? I have to remind myself sometimes because I think I have to solve everything, but actually this is the point at which actually we need to find someone who's got some more skills in whatever this area is that we're dealing with. Um, let's see if we can find someone. Even if I can't think of someone right now, I'll go and talk to some other people and find someone who might be useful. I've talked about um, praying with icons. There are a whole lot of prayer practices that are really powerful and important and useful. Um, and we're going to do one in a moment, which is the examine up here. Um, I also um, brought uh, a piece of paper with something on each side. One is from um, Richard Raw's daily meditation. Does anybody use this yet? So these come in your email and sometimes my day is too busy and you know, I just ignore them but there's some real gems and her stuff and this one is about Teresa of Avila and her <coughs> energy and zest for life and her love for creation and we find that often getting out there putting our feet on the soil being in connection with the creative world is another way that we can really be fed and on the back um, comes from uh, there was a last Friday there was um, a conversation on 9 to noon that Catherine Ryan had with a chap called um, Dacher Keltner, and he was talking about awe and about what awe is and about where, how we need to place ourselves in the places where we are brought to awe and that that is a really um, refreshing and renewing thing and for different ones of us, that's different places. But eight ways he talked about were um, what he called moral beauty, so things that we go, yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, we, we're listening to Steph this morning, and it was like, yes, those things bring us to that place of, wow. Um, collective effervescence, which is a weird kind of term, but it's obtained a, a by synchronised movement with people. So dancing or singing in a choir, or um, something that you do with other people. Wild awe, which is that being out in nature. Um, Music. He said, go find a piece of music that gives you the chills. And think why it's speaking to you. Visual design. This window is amazing. Not quite sure about the head of the bird, but the rest of it is just... Spirituality and religion. Yay! <laughs> Stories of life and death. You know that business of listening to someone else's story, you just are amazed. And being with people through the transitions of life. One, I, as a priest, I'm incredibly privileged to be alongside people when they are you know, doing the hatch, match and dispatch stuff. You know, Being with people as they're talking about why they want their child to be baptised and what's important to them. Being alongside people as they're preparing for marriage or the blessing of a marriage. Um, Being alongside people as they're negotiating how to do a funeral for a loved one, and often being alongside that person as they come to the end of their life. Um, There are some powerful things in those being part of people's story. And then he talks about epiphanies, which are obtained by activities like pondering the infinity of space, So that's there for you later if you want it. a couple of things. Um, So we're going to uh, use this reflection of the exam. And how many people use this regularly? You? Anybody used it maybe once or twice? Yeah. So this is a practice which um, a number of communities in which I've lived um, use at the end of the day. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the end of the day. It's just that because it's looking back at the last 24 hours. Um, often the end of the day is a good time but for some people that's not so good because they just want to go to sleep so other people find it better in the morning because they're morning people or the middle of the day but choosing a time to be reflective and open and present to the way that God is being active in your vicinity and for me this is one of the ways that resources me because it reminds me that I'm not just me I'm connected to the Holy One, I'm connected to the people and to the whenua around me, to the context in which God's called me. And it helps me to be present to those. the way all of that has affected me and to be more intentional about my relationship to that. So there are things that have brought me life and there are things that have challenged me, but I don't have to be driven by those. What this does is enables me to see the gifts in those things. So I'm going to invite you to this reflective process. So you don't have to look up at the thing because I'm going to guide you. So I invite you to be have your feet on the floor so that you feel grounded. Feel that sense of gravity holding you in the chair, holding your feet to the floor, keeping you connected to the earth. And as you feel yourself held by that sense of gravity, become aware of your breath and the rhythm in which it goes in and out, and the way that God is present with you, within you, closer than that breath, around you, like the earth beneath your feet and the chair beneath your body. And beyond you, or inspiringly beyond. And as you rest in that presence of the Divine Compassion, I invite you to look back at the last 24 hours. Allow the Holy One to help you shake loose. Memories of what happened in that last 24 hours. Jesuit priest who talks about this as being a little bit like rummaging in a drawer. trying to find something. Forgetting what was in there in the first place. And as you look back and invite the divine to rummage with you, Allow yourself to light upon something that brought you life. Something that brought you joy. Something that enlivened you. Something that was a deep gift. Maybe not hugely profound, yet still a deep gift. And rest with that memory. There might not have been lots of things, but somewhere in that drawer you'll find one little glimpse of light at least. What might that gift of joy, and of life be offering you? What might God be saying to you in this moment of life? How might you want to carry this gift forward with you into this day? I invite you to rummage a bit more in the drawer. And I'll notice if there's anything there that was a struggle for you, a challenge, something that made you sad, perhaps, or angry, something that was difficult for you to have to live with. And as you are held in the Divine Presence, hold that thing, that memory. Not with any judgment about whether it was good or bad, but acknowledging that it was a struggle, a challenge. Not easy. What might God be saying to you? in this memory? What gift is present in this memory? What might you want to take forward into the rest of this day? From your insight
0: God calling you to.
1: Mm. As you hold those two memories, that thing that brought you life and that thing that was hard, allow God to bless them, to bless you. And invite God to be part of the carrying of those things forward into today.
0: about like today is so you're going to get lots of things to take away tools and um, little models of things that you can that you can potentially use for yourself in the future like that and like the next one that I'm going to introduce to you Sorry, I'm just going to grab go. these. Um, so I'm going to give you a piece of paper and a pen just to be old fashioned <laughs> and this is an exercise that I first did 20 years ago and it's that good that I'm still doing this exercise today Um, and it's not something I do all the time, it's something that every now and then when I feel a bit out of balance in my life and I need to review things, I I trot out this exercise as a little opportunity to reflect on where my energy is going, where it's coming from so we're going to step through this together. Once everyone, we're doing a little exercise. You're welcome to take part in. Yep. To do firstly is to either write your name or draw, or draw a picture that represents you in the centre of the page in the middle of the page and now this next step might take you Just a a few minutes to complete. But what I want you to do is to think about the main people in your life. So the key relationships that you have, might be friends, family, mentors, people who are in the mix of your world. And on the the top right hand, down the right hand side of the page, write their names. You might be sort of thinking about the top dozen-ish people in your world. So a list of names down the right hand side of the page, the key people in your life. another minute or so on that. Next task. I invite you to take each of those names, and now what you're going to do is you're going to place those names around your name, to, and in a way that reflects the amount of time or the closeness that you have with that person. So, for example, um, I see my children a lot; they will be close in. I see my mum. Uh, Sometimes she'll be a bit further out I've got mentors I perhaps don't see enough of Who are out further on the page So you're going to place those names In relation to your name in the centre Reflecting the time that you spend with them Your proximity to them And then the next task when you're ready is to draw arrows between you and the centre and those people that represent the flow of your energy. So for example, you might have someone who is inputting into you and they give you a great deal of energy and encouragement and the arrow is going to flow from them to you. It might be mutual and you have two arrows going each way. It might be that you are a person who's constantly giving out to them. So with each of the names around you, you're going to draw arrows that reflect where the energy goes. Is it coming into you? Is it going out from you? Or is it both? And as you finish up with that, I invite you to reflect on the picture. And sometimes what people notice in doing this exercise is that a lot of the arrows for people inputting to you might be for people who are placed a little bit far out, So you may want to draw closer, and it may be. That you're wanting a little more space from those people who you're constantly giving to. It may be that you're noticing the beauty of those reciprocal relationships where you're giving and receiving. Maybe that there are too few arrows that are coming your way. It may be that you're noticing a lot of giving out and not a lot of receiving. It may be that you're in a time of Richly receiving from other people I don't know what your picture shows you But the challenge of this time The challenge of this little exercise Is to consider The picture of where your energy Goes And where it comes from In terms of the key relationships In your life And you might want to consider Is there a challenge For me now in this? Is there something that I want to change? Some action I want to take around what I see here. Just to encourage you, that is a really good exercise to pull out from time to time as our relationships and um, lifestyles change as we, um, we have times, uh, different seasons in our lives where those those relationships might uh, come closer or further apart. So I encourage you, you can do that exercise for yourself at any time you're wanting to go through that bit of a review. completed that? Okay. So now... Do you want to go first for this bit? Don't you have a break from me talking? (laughs) Or shall I launch into this? I'll launch into this. Um, So what I'm going to spend some time talking about now is what self-care looks like for me. I think uh, often we don't hear enough about what other people actually do and what it looks like in the reality of their day-to-day life. And I think we've got some... um, some great uh, messaging going on around uh, mental health and looking after yourself in this country that, that kind of stops, though, at the point of, like, you should talk to someone, and it's okay to not be okay, and then it kind of doesn't go much past that point, um, and so I like to be quite open about what self-care looks like for me in the hope that perhaps um, you, uh, you hear something of my commitment to looking after myself that might hopefully inspire you, um, or that there's something in here that stands out for you that um, that uh, you might want to try and give some consideration to. One of the really key things for me um, as a counsellor is I find it very strange that counsellors are positioned um, kind of out here, and we read a bio about them on a website, and we see that you know Charlotte likes long beach walks and whatever and we don't hear that Charlotte's actually had all these issues <laughs> and Charlotte's actually got all these challenges in her life and here's what she's actually doing, here's what this journey of healing actually looks like here's what looking after yourself looks like and so I don't buy into at all this thing about therapists being kind of held up here in high regard and (laughs) they do ACT, CBT, DBT, da 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 and we're meant to be respected as these people who've got it all together I live in the same real world that you do with the same challenges um Uh, That I'm sure will be shared with some people in this room So um, I'm very happy to share from some of the reality of of my own life One of the really key learnings for me has been around my introversion Now um, a lot of people mistake me for an extrovert Oh you like people, Um, that must make you an extrovert Oh you're kind of loud and out there and opinionated That must make you an extrovert A point I would like to mark with you is that in the world of psychology, when this introversion and extroversion tool came about, when that psychometric was developed, all that was ever meant to measure was this. Do you recharge better with other people or by yourself? It's got nothing to do with whether you like people. It's got nothing to do with your outward personality. It is only and was only ever meant as a measure of how you most efficiently recharge, and 100% I most efficiently recharge by myself. And it is okay to like people, to want to be in a job or community where you're in relationship with people and where people really matter to you, and to not want to have anything to do with people when it comes to how you recharge. So a really big lesson for me has been embracing and understanding my introversion, and that as much as I love being in a relationship with people, I don't want people anywhere near me and I need times of my week and day that include time of silence and space for me. Some of what that looks like is in practical terms as a mum with three little kids, um, You know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's all on again in my house. And I structure my day, my day with my clients, around finishing at 2.15 and having 45 minutes that are as peaceful, as silent, as calm, as quiet as I can. Not listening to music, not listening to podcasts, because that's all input, that's all other people in my space, but trying to have time that is down-regulating and embracing my introversion. The other little learning for me on self-care and something I wish more people knew about is around the idea of sensory profiling. Um, and this has been one of the gifts that my, uh, my little autistic dude has taught me is we all have um, how many senses? Many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this answer. yes. yes. <laughs> Lots of people go... What did question? It's five. (laughs) But actually, we had more sensitive senses, and if you want to do some research in that, you can. Some of them are about our understanding of our body and time and space and um, some interesting things there that you might want to learn about. But basically, the key point that I want to to make to you here is that we um, engage with the world as sensory beings, and we all have a sense, and sometimes a secondary sense, that overstimulates us. So a sense that we find when we're overwhelmed or struggling, that's the sense that is being over engaged or overstimulated. Now the great news, not the good news of Jesus, but the other great news is that the senses that overstimulate you are the same senses that soothe you. So I am overstimulated visually. If there is too much going on for my eyes and my visual senses to take in, I find that overwhelming. And one of the things that I need for self-care is soothing visual spaces. So that might look like going and placing myself in a space where I'm looking at something beautiful, where I'm looking at something that's orderly. The other reality that that sometimes looks like is getting my washing basket and putting all the random miscellaneous items into it and shoving it away just to get things around me clear and calm again. I mean, you do actually one day have to, when you don't have any washing baskets left, you do one day have to (laughs) sort out the stuff that you've shoved into the cupboard. But for me, I might not have time to sort it out, but my visual um, uh, self is overstimulated and I need to calm and soothe myself by sorting my visual environment. Yeah, the, the secondary sense for me is um, auditory around sound, and for me, having my ears covered, listening to frequencies and noises like singing bowls and not podcasts and music and input that's overstimulating for me is really soothing. I sometimes take myself on a sensory walk, so I go out for a walk and I'm focusing on listening to the crunch of, my, of the stones underneath my feet. I'm listening to um, what it is that is in the world around me, and not trying to take an input, just trying to ground that auditory sense. So um, if you've never looked into your sensory profile, that is something I encourage you to do as part of thinking about how you care for yourself. Something that that I find really remarkable from my journey of being a counsellor is, so many people walk around not knowing what they feel, People sit down in my counselling chair and I say, how are you? And they say, good thanks. <laughs> and I say, this is this counselling thing where you actually paying me money for us to explore your feelings. And I'm not the supermarket checkout girl. You can't just say, good thanks, busy, you know, those supermarket answers that we give. Actually, like, do, do you know how you are? And, they, and often, one of the realities of that is they, they don't know don't know how they are um so they can't share that because they're just in this okay busy good kind of way of thinking about how they are frequently throughout the day i check in with myself how am i what am i noticing in my body right now what am i what emotions am i aware of how's my energy feeling and I think one of the useful things that we can do is weld that question of asking how we are to everyday activities. One of the things I do is um, whenever I make myself a drink, I ask myself how I am. It's multiple times a day I go and put the kettle on and make a cup of tea or I'm waiting in the line for a coffee or something. And I use that as my cue to ask myself how am I. Extending on from that, I think often we believe that our feelings are a sentence, like we are we are sentenced to feel that way and stay in that feeling. And um, I often, in working with my clients, work on absolutely let's acknowledge how you're feeling, but what is it that you want to move towards? And how might you get there? What kinds of things could you do that support you moving towards that feeling what kinds of perspectives or insights do you need that would help you move towards that feeling that you want so our feelings aren't bad and negative we don't have to rush out of them but sometimes too I think we need to know that we can bring some intentionality into moving ourselves from where we are to where we want to be and think about how we get there the other thing um, that I love in that is um, just the phrase, what do I want more of? Mm. Sometimes we speak about ourselves in such derogatory, judgmental ways, and I just love the simplicity of that question, what do I want more of? Not, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, better, got to, should be more of this and less like this, and just, what do I want more of? And speaking to ourselves kindly as we try and um, move towards that. The other thing that, um, that for me I've had to acknowledge is that if I want my if I want to a life that's up here in terms of taking on big challenges, sitting with people hearing difficult stories, while having a family, all of those things, then I need to have self-care practices that are also up here. Mm-hmm. I can't take on hard things, difficult conversations, other people's stuff, with self-care practices that are down here They have to match And for me the challenge of that Has been working out ways To bring my self-care practices up And that has been you know, Having to carve out time For caring for my body For exercise For um, the things that I'm needing If I'm wanting to function up here um, I love When we were organising this workshop um, I I um, You'd just finished a massage. And I said, oh, I love that. Going and having a massage is one of my favourite things to do to look after myself. And my friends all think I'm really indulgent because I go and do that once a month.
1: I do it once a fortnight. You
0: said, I do it once a fortnight. (laughs) Do you know how permission-giving that is? To actually hear other people say, actually, it's okay to look after yourself in the ways that you want to. That might be, it doesn't have to be things that cost you money. That might be, this afternoon I need to go and sit by a river and read a book. Um, And actually I know that I need time to do that once a week. Like, let's be indulgent in what it is that looks after ourselves and stop judging ourselves as only being able to take a little bit of self-care because it would be indulgent and self-important to take more than that. So a little encouragement there um, uh, to, to give yourself permission to go OTT in the way that you look after yourself. Um, for me as well, some of the key things that I have um, had to address in my own counselling has been around people pleasing, around saying yes to things, around my boundaries, around walking away from from um, people who might be trying to draw me into their stuff when I'm at capacity on that. Um, and so, really encourage you if if. The things that are causing stress or pressure in your world need to be resolved in a, um, in a more permanent way Therapy is a great place to go and have those conversations about What boundaries do I actually need to put in place to stop myself from leaking energy? Because your self-care can be great But if you're pouring into a cup that's got holes in the bottom And the energy is leaking straight back out again That's a bit of a problem so I really encourage you to think about um, uh, where are the leaks for you as well. Not just what do you do, what do you add in, what do you um, include in your life to care well for yourself, but where are you leaking energy to that might need to be um, considered and worked on, perhaps with some professional help if you need it. Yeah, so there are a few of my little thoughts to share with you. And now going back to Jen.
1: So, um, good segue. Um, One of the things that I decided, oh man, I don't think how long ago, probably about 25 years ago, that I needed to do, because I'm single and I don't have children, is that I needed safe touch in order to be able to work well with people and not allow boundaries to get muddled um, and so that's when I started going regularly for a massage to begin with it was once a month and then I thought I, I would rather do that more often so I will <laughs> um, and that's not an easy thing of course you've got to find the person who's right for you in terms of it. it's like finding a, a counsellor you've got to find the right massage therapist because it's a pain in the neck if the person who's giving you a massage isn't doing a very good job and um <laughs> About um, a year ago, I a- actually, the person I'd been seeing had moved on, and one of their colleagues um, was my person, and it wasn't going very well, and I thought, I could be really brave, and I'm going to tell them what I need. It's a bit kind of <laughs> a strange thing to do, isn't it? Tell someone what I need. So I did, and she said, "Oh, I'll try better next time." So the next time, was that better? Kind of, but you know, la la la. And then she just let fly at me. Well, you know, I've got to do it that way. That's the way I've been taught, la la la. la, la. And I was kind of, <coughs> and I went out to pay, and the woman who's running the thing could see I was upset, and and um, and she sent me a huge bunch of flowers later in the day when she got down to the bottom of it, and. Um, between her and I there was this kind of understanding of no I'm not going to go and see that person anymore and in fact I left that company and actually thankfully found someone else who was fantastic so there's two things there, one do what you, you know find something that feeds you, that recognises where the um, deficits might be, you know so I knew that I'm not getting the kind of caring touch that maybe someone who has a partner or kids might get, that's um, and so I'm going to do that, but also be brave enough to say when it's not quite right as well. And it's not an easy conversation, and um, may can you know involve pain and and conflict in order to find what you need. But but persevere, persevere and get what it is that you need. Um, I was talking with um, Cruz this morning and realised. As we talked in our conversation, another one of the things that's a regular thing for me is, as I said earlier, I'm not a very disciplined person. I'm absolutely committed to prayer practices and all of those kinds of things. I know that they feed me, but I'm not very disciplined. Um, I am an extrovert. I do uh, get quite a lot of my energy from being with people. And in fact, the most powerful way for me of praying is praying in silence with other people. So I've learned that over my life. And um, so I make sure that I do um, find spaces where we can pray silently together. But also we have a practice at St. Peter's every morning, Monday to Friday. We have morning prayers at quarter to eight. um, And there is a period of silence in the middle of that. And then we go to the local cafe and we drink coffee and we do the crossword. Now, all of those pieces are part of the really important ritual for me of the beginning of the day. I'm not a morning person do need coffee (laughs) Um, but there's something very healing for me in the praying together and then the going and sitting and being known by the people in the cafe who just have us in their register, it's under church and they've got all of our names beside the kind of coffee or whatever we drink so we're being known and held in that space Um, and working on something fun together and chewing the fat and reading the rest of the newspaper and talking about it and then the day is ready to begin. So, finding some patterns and rituals that don't need to be holy ones. I mean, they're all holy, but you know, they don't have to be pious practices for them to be practices in which God fills us up. Um, as I said, I go to counselling once a fortnight, so I've got my method once a fortnight and my counselling once a fortnight. I'm very lucky to have um, a counsellor who was a priest in a previous life and so we often um, there's a kind of bleed between counselling and supervision and spiritual direction and because he knows me well now um, he he feels free to be able to bring action biblical images into the counselling that, that we do. Um, so there's lots of bleeds, but those three things, kind of like the trinity of care, counselling, spiritual direction, um, supervision, all those three things, finding some way to to have those, whether it's in one person or by seeing more than one person, I think for me are really important. Um, And the other thing that is really important for me is walking a bit like you are saying, you've got to care for the physical body there's something just incredibly grounding about getting out there if I'm having a bad day, stomping about and I've got to go and do some stomping now and it's not being angry about people it's just the physical energy that goes down into the earth and out of my body um, it doesn't get stuck here or stuck here so it goes down and out, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's just three other things. I've talked to you about a bunch of other things before to see if you were doing them, but those are three things that are really important to me.
0: So, you've heard some of what we do and yeah. experience of a couple of little exercises. Now's a chance to chat to someone near you about what is the challenge for you now. I think often uh, you know, today's been a bit of a smorgasbord of ideas and um, things that you could think about, maybe things that have just spurred you in your own um, thinking and reflection as you've been here. Really encourage you to consider what is it, what's the one thing that stands out for you from today um, that uh, that is a challenge for you, that is something that you might want to um, integrate back into your world, um, something that needs to change. Share with someone around you just for... Um, I think you've got about five minutes to do this. Yeah, go for it.
1: When are we supposed to finish? Twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. This is chicken.
2: Yeah. to up. This is the coin. I think know we first time this break. Yeah. I guess because one, five, The church, get to is finished. the woman is the real the Yeah, time. yeah time we we'll just give you just I mean, oh, this yeah,
1: yeah. Just to make sure everyone's had a chance to talk, we've got a couple more minutes, but just make sure that everyone's get a chance. Yeah. 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 No, to yes. so, so cool. actually Conversations to a close. Um, you've probably heard the, um, the metaphor of, you know, if, if you've got a, a big jar that's going to have rocks and gravel and sand and water in it, you put the big rocks in first, and then you put the gravel in, and then you, the stones, and then you put the gravel and sand and last of the water. Um, but just thinking about that image, that one of the big rocks needs to be uh, self-care, that we make sure that it's in our program, um, not just tacked on at the end as a piece of sand dribbled in. Um, one of the things I had to learn um, was that I can't be a sole charge priest. <laughs> I will only now ever go to places where I'm part of a team, either draw a team with me or go somewhere where I'll be part of a team. Um, I had one parish where I was the sole charge priest, and I took on a whole lot of emotional stuff from the people around me, and I had no one else to hand off to, and I ended up having to take a break. And then I went back, and we as a community worked out what those things were, but I learned that that's one of the things, one of the big rocks I need to have in there, is that my work, I need to have kind of collegial um, context. Um, so... We're not going to ask you to bring out all of your wares of what do you need, what are you aware of, but I'm going to ask you to hold those things that you've spoken to one another about, those things that you can see you'd like to go away and rearrange in your life or something you're going to add in there or subtract (laughs) in order to make space for your own self-care. I want you to imagine they're kind of like a tonga, something you can hold in your hand. So if you just put your hands like that. Hold that thing or those things that you've been talking with the person you've been talking with about. Hold it with an open hand, don't clutch it tightly. Because if you clutch it tightly, there's no room for anything else. But hold it with an open hand. It may be that the Holy One has something else for you later, and so that one needs easily to be able to put that be put down so that you can receive something else. Hold it lightly, but hold it dearly. So that it may be a resource for you and all that God calls you to. May God bless you with anger and injustice, oppression and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain Rejection, hunger, and war, so that you may reach out your hands to them to comfort them and to turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world, so that you can do what others claim cannot be done, to bring justice and kindness to all our
2: children, and to the poor, amen. Thank you for coming to be with us today. mihi korua, kōrero, mihi Thank you for facilitating this conversation. Thank you also for what you have bought for your gift to us, Um, we are blessed, and we ask God's blessing on you as you too continue to share and the important work that you do. We do have a thing we wish to present you from the church. What a unicorn on it! A unicorn, and that is is just an acknowledgement uh, and also a of the love that we bring from the British church. So, folks, it's coming on twelve thirty. We're right on time. I love these airlines that manage to leave fifteen minutes late and still arrive five <laughs> minutes early. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're actually on time. That's good. We have an hour for lunch. Um, what we uh, just to give you a, a reminder of when we come back after lunch, we're going back into workshops. And so I'll just take you through the workshops again. If you've got any questions, I can answer that. So the first workshop is in the Great Hall. That's going to be a panel discussion. And on the panel, we've got Michael Frost, Ian Gainsford from the Salvation Army, Craig Watson from Divest Church, and David Ellis. And They represent a range of different uh, denominational um I guess imperatives and things that we bring to the conversation and they're going to be unpacking what does it mean to come out of the church how do you help your congregation move forward but I think it'll be bigger than that as well they'll be looking at what are some of the challenges what are the things we need to acknowledge and what, what can we do so that's going to happen next door in here if you've enjoyed listening to Gene uh, uh, come back for part two because Jean is going to be sharing with Richie who is our organist and they're going to be looking at worship and liturgy for queer experiences. So I know that would be that'll be an exciting one as well. The next workshop we have is becoming rainbow families and looking at uh, what are some of the processes and challenges for adoption and surrogacy and if you've got questions around that um, There will be people here um, from Kewtopia and some other folk uh, who will be able to to answer some of those questions and just guide you through that. That's going to be happening down in the Wananga Room, down at the far end on the left. Um, In the lounge, there will be a workshop um, hosted by Jeremy and Father Crew and France. uh, Not Francis, Francis is the facilitator on Te Ao Māori looking at the Maori world, our Maori experiences. There's also an opportunity, if you wish, uh, some people from Qtopia will be making themselves available in Philo's office, and it's basically just a gender-diverse questioning space, and it will be a safe space. So those are what are on. Do we have any questions around that at all? OK, well, we're back at t- uh, one30 Go and enjoy food together. Do we want to bless the food now, or will it happen after you? I have no idea. Just if you want any
1: things to take away,
2: there's um, some of those things sitting at the front here. Just to you. Yeah. We might bless the food ourselves before we go, and if it gets blessed the second time, hey, it's twice as much. Shall yes. um, so we bless the food? Uh, Lord God, we just thank you for the way in which you enrich our bodies. We thank you for the way in which you provide us with sustenance and protection. And God, we pray now that as we again engage in the partaking of food and uh, drink, that you will not only refresh us, that you'll be with us in our conversations and all the things that are happening in the development of friendships and relationships. We ask for your blessing. Amen.